So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. I did it. Here we go. Welcome Woo. to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave, semicolon. Um, um, visited by the barf fairy. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, okay, so first of all, welcome to Feature Creep. Um, if you are listening for your first time, welcome. If you're listening for your second time or further on, amazing. Shame on you. Shame on you. Uh, move along. <laughs> um, I. You can email us. Is it things you should know. You can email us. Uh, you can email our CEO, Dana, uh, CEO and founder, Dana. That's D-A-N-A at FCBM.io. She loves to get feedback about the podcast and how we're doing, and then uh, she likes to pass down, um, you know, demands and changes as required by our listeners. Right. Um, so she's a great person to talk to uh, <laughs> directly. And then um, also, uh, we could also mention there's the website fcbm.io where you can get our direct feed. And you can see all of our podcast episodes. Um, all of this is free. We don't advertise even on our episodes. Unless we advertise. Um, unless we do. But we don't. Uh, the only things we advertise for right. are made up shit that we, we think of on the moment in the moment. <laughs> um, or our own books, which we have our like, own come 99% of the way to publishing. But that last 1% just Oh, God. Yeah. It's just happen. this fucking hurdle. Well, we're, we're closer than ever. And I, I, think, this is, I think this is the year. I really do. I believe it. <laughs> this is the year the book is going out. Um, we're gonna put it on the we're gonna put it on the website, and people can just order it, or potentially even bookstores could order it. But um, right. I don't know that they will. It's 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 niche offensive mm-hmm. in certain ways. I yeah. guess like it's not super offensive. Yeah. Well, some people uh, people some people are offended by everything. Um, right. There may be fun some, haters. There may fun be haters some, will hate this book. <laughs> fun haters will hate this book for sure. <laughs> uh anyway um the title of this podcast is uh speaking of of fun haters um the title of this podcast is uh what's it called oh visited by the barf fairy (laughs) sorry and um this pertains i so i came up with this title last august and it's now october 31st happy halloween everybody happy halloween and i don't remember what i was thinking of when i wrote that except Mm -hmm. that like i think what it was is like you know how like you get visited by the tooth fairy if you lose your teeth? Yes. Like what is it when you get visited by the barf fairy? Right. Does somebody come and swap out the puke for like a, you know, a shiny shiny silver coin? Right? I want to get paid to vomit. I actually since it's Halloween it occurs to me that um really we should steer this topic towards like uh overconsumption of candy. Yeah. I mean yeah. that that dovetails I mean, really. Your blood nicely. sugar is going to skyrocket. Uh-huh. Your insulin's going to kick in. You're going to tank. Yep, it's going to be. Amazing. And then you're going to fall asleep. Yep, it's going to be amazing. Um, so this morning we went to breakfast, and yes. the barf fairy visited the restaurant we were at <laughs> because so <laughs> this restaurant is really tiny. Mm-hmm. It has 14 stools at a single counter. It's like a a 
like a kind of reminds me of like a train car if they were serving in a train car. But yeah. anyway, one long counter from end to end with bar stools on one side and the kitchen on the other side. Right. And there's no bathroom. It's right. just 14 stools and no bathroom. And um, <clears throat> we walked in the door and there were 14 butts in seats and about six more of us standing room waiting. Uh-huh. And as soon as we stepped through the door, a kid sitting on one of those bar stools whipped around and like arced a jet of puke out of his mouth <laughs> across the like <laughs> restaurant. <Yes. laughs> and nobody says anything. Nobody's like, ah! it gets on this one woman like the kid and this woman were sitting sort of back to back because she was standing with her back to him waiting for a seat and yeah looking out of the window and the kid was sitting at the breakfast counter and so he spun around on the stool and vomited and then his mom starts screaming go outside go outside and she like shoves him out the door as he's like puking some more yeah and this woman like who was waiting for a seat she got vomit on her and her partner had to like clean it off of her and i thought to myself like why aren't you people leaving and going home like you were vomited on by a stranger and now you're going now you haven't even ordered food yet like you could just leave yes it's not too late you haven't committed to anything yet you haven't even been seated right yet. you could just like turn around and go change your clothes but no they were like it's fine and so they stayed <clears throat> and then the owner of the diner came around the, the front of the building because to get to where you sit you have to come in the front door yeah there's no like the counter doesn't like flip up and you can walk through it's like a solid counter the whole way down so the owner had to get like a bucket and a mop and she had to come from behind the building and walk around the front and come in the front door and mop it up and it's at some point like uh before right before this happens some guy walks in right and i dodged the trajectory of the puke spray like i didn't get any on me and and I think like this guy walks in and I, I did the like mom arm across the car in a, in a potential car accident thing, you know, when like yeah. when an adult like flings their arm across a kid. So this guy walks in the door and I like swung my arm across him, kind of like grabbed his coat and I screamed um, like, stop, stop. And I, <laughs> I grabbed his shirt and he was like, ah, and I was like, there's, it's barf on the floor. And he's like, oh my God. And he almost stepped in it and I saved him. And it was like really instinctual. Like uh-huh. I didn't even think about it before my arm was like flying out and whacking him. Uh-huh. Um, and so then Kim came around with the bucket and she cleaned it up. And the lady and the kid who vomited and his mom, the lady, they yeah. went outside. Mm-hmm. And, and then it turns out they've just been out there the whole time because another guy sitting at the counter is like the dad to this kid. <laughs> Who says nothing during the entire incident? Acts like these could have been like strangers he's never uh-huh. seen before in his life and not his wife and kid. And so he just like gets their food and takes it to go. He's like, nah, I, I don't know these people. I'm out of here. Right. This diner is the type of diner where like vomit can happen during surprise vomit can happen during the breakfast rush. Yeah. And nobody misses a beat. Uh huh. Nobody complained. Yeah. Nobody had to leave and change their clothes. Nobody said shit, mopped it up, moved on. Everyone was quiet about it. It was fucking crazy. Yeah. I was like, this is this crew is like hardcore. These the like 24 people in this building right now, the people working and the 20 people eating and waiting for seats, like are bound and determined to have this breakfast today. Like right, they are just right. committed. And I was like, Damon's like, what are you going to have? I was like, seriously, like, I can't even, I'm not even sure I can eat right now. I just like watch someone vomit right at me. Right. Like, right yeah, at like me. Like this is, yeah, I'm, I'm done for the Missed day. Missed me I'm by over. inches. Yeah. 
It's like, I'm definitely not eating fucking sunny side up runny eggs. Uh-huh. Seriously. Which yeah. is what I normally eat. So then I had to come up with some alternative plan. I ended up having French toast. This this scene kind of reminds me of like the lead. Like, so in that movie, Stand By Me, when... um when I think it's uh, Gordy is telling the tale of the the pie eating contest and how okay. it just sort of um, devolves into this puke fest as uh, one of the oh, characters God. barfs and then it unleashes this like chain of events where everyone ends up puking. Um, and and it was, was like really on purpose. Was... Like he did it on purpose to like get everybody to barf. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I um, was worried that there was going to be a sympathetic puker in that. Yeah. Building. Yeah. I was like somebody else here is going to lose it. And so the the thing I failed to mention since we're getting into all of the details and it's yes. Halloween and gross things are on the menu. Um, <clears throat> he just chucked up water like there was nothing right. in it. Right. So when he vomited, he j- I don't know if it maybe like he just swallowed wrong and it went like down the wrong pipe and he started choking and right. like water yes. came out like he's bad at drinking. Exactly. Like maybe he's just really bad at drinking out of a regular adult cup. I don't Which know. Which is absolutely a, a kid child. thing to do where you're just kind of like, yes. I'm super thirsty and now I'm going to chug this water as fast as I can, you know, and not realizing right. the biological consequences of your body being like, oh, no, too fast. Abort. Right. Yeah, and then he's just like all over the place. So, so at least it was like the that was the cleanest puke I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I've thrown up water before. So like maybe not the cleanest puke I've ever seen, but Sure, like, but it was very It yeah. did not smell like vomit. And That's I, I want to nice. remind you. Yeah. The, the restaurant is once again only big enough yes. for 14 seats. <laughs> right. So it's a real tiny space if, you know, there's there's a diner there. like so, this in my um, in my hometown where I grew up called Night and Day Cafe. And, and I used to go there a lot and, it, and I can see the scene. It's like there's basically just yeah. a, a long hallway with a counter down the middle of it. And on one side yes. is where people sit. And on the other side is where people cook. And, yep, and the food exactly just the same. gets cooked in front of you and handed <laughs> put on a plate and sat in front of you. Um, yes. Yeah. And I thankfully I've never. I've never seen anybody puke in there, but I've heard stories because I one of my friends uh, used oh my to work God. there, and she said that the problem is, of course, because you get the drunk rush, right? Like it's open twenty four hours, yep. and so right around you know two a.m. when the bars close, you get the people wandering in, and um, or like basically between like two and four, you have like all the really drunk people wandering in Ugh. to get like breakfast foods and just yeah. Uh-huh. And eating greasy too much stuff. or yeah, greasy stuff and just yeah, just a Well, mess. yeah, and like the guy who walked in was like, "Oh my gosh, it's somebody the guy I saved from stepping in it." Yeah. Was like, "Oh, it's somebody have a a late night partying last night." And I was like, "I don't think so. It was a kid." And I was like thinking to myself, "I would rather it be some like hungover asshole." Mm-hmm. Because the only reason that kid would vomit in here if it wasn't because he swallowed dung the wrong pipe when he was drinking his water, yeah. is that he's a vector for some kind of a god-awful biohazard that right. I, we're all we're sitting we're all within exploring. inches of now. Yes. So I was kind of like, I wish it was somebody who was hungover. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that would be a much more obvious explanation than whatever the fuck mystery exorcism just happened in front of me. Right. <laughs> like, I, um, I don't know what. I'm, I am kind of reminded of uh, being a kid around Halloween and... Um, the the amount of this never happened to me but i had some friends who would get so excited and worked up about the evening 
that they were mm-hmm. already kind of primed for puking, right? Before oh, yes. before any candy or any like overconsumption <laughs> of like heavily processed <laughs> sugar like, products were shoved down their throat. Norepinephrine surging. Yes. Yeah. And and we would like because I remember I probably we were like between the ages of like 10 and 13 was kind of prime time for that kind of activity because we were now old enough to really like go trick or treat by ourselves still young enough that it was just about the most amazing time of year ever. Um, You know, pumped about our costumes, pumped about our ability to be free in the night and, you know, go door to door and get as much sugar as Mm -hmm. we possibly could. Um, the interactions that you had fabulous liminality yes it's this amazing liminal space and i i understand why um you know with covid people are like upset about the cancellation of trick-or-treating that happened or um you know all of these things like people get very upset because it's like there's these really it's such an amazing liminality time for um if you can access it, right? Like it's not always available yeah. to everybody, but it's like in an ideal world, you live in a neighborhood where you can go door to door and you can, you know, dress up and you know your neighbors, but also it's like everything changes. Like all the rules are out right. the door. Like now you go knock on people's doors you don't really know that well. Now, you know, and you right. demand things from, you know, I mean, you don't really, well, hopefully you're not demanding candy from them, but there's this exchange, <laughs> right? Like the rules are are different, which is a big part of liminality, right? Is the idea that it's like this suspension yeah. of normal social rules and now you're in this new mm-hmm. space of new social rules um right yeah and man right. the- <clears throat> uh, with some of my friends we just get so worked up and they get so excited and then like i i swear we'd make it like like one block in maybe four or five houses they would have like you know scored some like impossibly large candy bar that they shoved <laughs> down their face before anyone had a chance to see what it was and um right. you know and then by the end of the block they're like puking in the gutter um just right. amazing times uh but that was like and it's funny because that's so <laughs> kind of foreshadowing for that like later era where you're where many people do this thing where they end up like drinking in the same kind of capacity right like you're going from house party to house party or bar to bar and you're you're over consuming this like highly stimulate or highly intoxicating drug and then you're just puking in the gutter like halfway and you just boot and roll right like boot and rally you puke and you wipe yourself off you feel a little yep. better and you keep going yes so yeah the boot yes. and rally is a, a a well-known um activity i think among certain circles for sure uh if you That's have not great. done that i would not say you're missing out um it is one of those things that i think people talk up because it sucks and it's just what's happening and you just try to like give support to your your fallen comrades so to speak right um oh man but yeah halloween and candy for sure super big liminal space um yes um and depending like i think i think well i have a suspicion that i'm going to be hard pressed to find candy later because i was doing my grocery shopping today on amazon yeah because in Minneapolis, we have Amazon Fresh as an option. And oh, so it's uh-huh. basically like you get like somebody goes to Whole Foods and picks out food for you and delivers it to your door. Right. Yeah, we have that because here. And it's Whole Foods because Amazon bought Whole Foods. Otherwise, yes, I right. wouldn't. Right. I, I, I am not particular to Whole Foods. Yeah, I, same. Whatever. It's just where they happen to shop from when they do Amazon Fresh. And anyway, they offered it in our um, 
in our metropolitan area a long time before they offered it in other ones. And I thought it was really great because you get these free two. If you spend thirty five dollars, you yeah. get a free delivery in a two hour window of your choice. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. amazing. Yeah. And it's all food I would buy anyway. So I just do all of our like staple shopping on that and save yeah. tons of money that way. That's cool. Uh, anyway, so I was <clears throat> I was doing that earlier today. Um, and uh, I, I was like, oh, I'll just get candy from this while oh, I'm doing okay. it and then I yeah. can shop for what's there. All sold out. Uh, it's all yeah. gone. Yep. Which means my ass is going to end up at like probably at the Costco business center buying like full-size candy bars. <laughs> my mistake is their benefit. Yes. So I will not go empty-handed. I will find candy and if I have to spend a fortune on it, I will do that. Yeah. I am... I am down with that. I will buy full size if I have space. Yeah. I am. I yeah. love this holiday. I love that it's so subversive. Yeah. I love that it entails threats by children that uh-huh. adults have to do. Yes. Like it's just so great. It, it it completely inverts all of the normal standing social orders and social contracts and just completely like turns them on their head you uh, the goal is to acquire as much candy as you want which is usually the opposite of like real life yeah you know yeah it's like and the your 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 ability to go far and wide is rewarded Mm -hmm. i mean it's like it's up to you how hard you're going to push yourself assuming that you are a a person who has whose mobility is simply up to willpower you know what i mean there's Mm -hmm. like plenty of people who can't get around that easily uh, or or go far and wide for trick-or-treating. Um, we should think about solving that. And uh, like when we were little kids, I have told this story probably every single time we've passed a holiday, a Halloween holiday on this podcast. But in 1991, there was a blizzard here. Today, it's going to be 55 fucking degrees while people are trick-or-treating. Holy shit. That's great. It has never been this hot in my memory Yeah. on this because my birthday is coming up in a couple of days and there's usually snow on my birthday. Yeah. And now it's 55. That's amazing. That's great. It's terrifying. I mean, it I feels mean, it's, nice. But it's, it's nice really in this scary. moment. It's terrible. Yeah. Obviously, it's um, <laughs> long term speaking, like globally speaking, it is not good. <laughs> the um, reasons are really ugly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be super warm here. And uh, like one of the whole tragedies around Halloween here has always been that if you have a really good idea for a costume, it can only really be an indoor thing. Um, because it's so cold out on the actual Halloween night, usually, that you have to wear coats and sometimes like snow pants if there's a blizzard, uh-huh. like there was in 1991. Um, and so, like, it's always a bummer to come up with some really awesome, elaborate costume here because you can't wear it out trick or treating. Right, right. And, you know, that's a bummer. The night of the blizzard, we got all the candy. We got so much candy. That's we went funny. for hours. Um, I it was, was just cold. thinking about how, um, like, the weather is going to definitely, uh, like, where you come from and how you celebrate Halloween. Uh, probably this is mostly for U.S. citizens, I guess. I forget what other, I think I think Canada does Halloween. I don't remember. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know if other places and other anyway that's a tangent from what i wanted to speak to which was the concept of like depending on where you're from the kinds of costumes that are viable that you end up seeing on on sort of your average trick-or-treater are going to vary a lot right so like yeah um, here in san diego uh i think typically we enjoy pretty 
good average temperatures on Halloween, which is usually between like probably like 60 and 70 range um, in the evening. I was just trying to look up the um, the average temperatures. But uh, my my point of that is that um, mm-hmm. that the uh, that what you get is um, you get like like here in San Diego, like we get a real variety of um, yeah. I'm just looking at like so last year and the year before, the temperature mm-hmm. between six p.m. and nine p.m. Fell from about seventy-five to sixty-five degrees by nine p.m., and so you get what you get is this like broad range of costumes, right? Because that's a temperature where it's like sure. you can wear a little more, you can wear a little less, um, and generally be okay. Um, but I imagine if you're kind of blizzard temperatures, all costumes <laughs> revolve around how big of a parka can I wear? <laughs> yes, it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, there was one year that um, my childhood best friend and I went out and it was very chilly, but yeah. we were undeterred. And so we put like cr- curlers in our hair with hair nets and then yeah. we put on like a bunch of layers of clothes and, and bathrobes and carried around coffee cups. That's awesome. So we looked like little old ladies and that was uh-huh. cute and fun and it was warm. Yeah. Um, yeah. My insecurity blanket. I love was that. was really warm. Yeah. I know I do too. Yeah such a good one yeah uh what else um so yeah the 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 candy's gone like i'm gonna have to search far and wide for candy when we get done with this podcast. yeah yeah you've got a mission for sure um and then i'm like i am so worried about people's nut allergies i'm gonna have to have like a nut and a no nut bowl of candy sitting out like yeah no nuts and that's hard too because a lot of a lot of candies still end up being processed on nut processing machines. So it's kind of like yeah. even if there's no direct nuts in there, it's still potentially a risk depending on your your allergy level. Um, I was thinking about uh, costume design as potentially we could talk a little bit about that um, since yeah. this is a design art and design podcast, and I know that people uh, yes, I don't know that people listen to it for to that reason, that. but I know we keep trying to circle back to that as a topic. <laughs> There's a bunch of people who are like, I really wish they'd just let go of that art and design. Uh-huh. Right. I it had just occurred, be weird. It had uh, occurred to me but, that we could like we could topic jump. Um, so one of the things the way the podcast works is like since we control the feed, we control right. all of the metadata, like things that say like what category we're in, and all of the things, mm-hmm. the hoops you jump through to get listed on iTunes. Um, I don't. I. It would be interesting to they see. They make you come down on one side of a line. They're like, "But what category are you? Like, you can't yeah. not be categorized. You have to choose. Right. You have to self-apply a category to fit yes. into, and then they will let you move to the next step of making your podcast available for people to listen to. But until you like choose a label to apply to yourself, yeah. you are out in the cold. So it has occurred to me that we could do a couple of things. Mm-hmm. One is we could create a. Um, we could create two feeds. One of them is the iTunes uh-huh. feed that's like, hey, here, we're playing your game. And the other one is like, now nah, fuck this. We're the category we want to be. And we can just declare like what our category is. Like, you know, um, built in yeah. category, like feature creep, the, you know, major category, feature creep, minor category, built in microwave or whatever. And like, anyway, um, <laughs> but my, um, what I was thinking about is like, we could change our category, like our categorization whenever we want because we host the podcast ourselves and we could change that like every week if we wanted to. Um, I don't know what that would do to 
I don't know how that would impact our listeners. Um, I think people who mm. get our feed directly, they would just see, depending on what podcast player software they're using that consumes the feed, it would just change the topic whenever they looked at it, which would right. which would might be fun and not matter. Um, or with iTunes, we might get have cooked, a. Yeah, like we might get kicked out of iTunes or whatever, which I don't really care because I think very few of our listeners come through iTunes. Yeah, I don't. We don't really. F- I feel like our flavor doesn't really. No, it match. Doesn't, doesn't match. Anyway, Apple stuff. Costume, <laughs> costume design. Yes. Um, costume design. I like the podcast. I like the podcast being in the category of art and design. I also think it would be hilarious to just like do a circuit of the podcast categories yes it would be pretty fun move from week to week be like this week we're in this Uh um so yeah the design of costumes there's a lot of engineering considerations that go into costumes there's also a lot of consideration into how like if you go down the path of realism yeah woe unto you yeah yeah. Like, I mean, plenty of people have like, oh, I, I'm a special effects person in Hollywood and I do monster movies. And so making like an Optimus Prime costume to wear out was no big deal. And you're like, right, I get that. But um, yeah. <laughs> right. it's like no one can compete with that. Yeah, right. uh, all of my favorite costumes are like... <laughs> I may have told this story on the podcast too. So you know those lawn bags that look like pumpkins? They look yes. like jack o' lanterns, and you rake up your leaves and you oh, stuff yeah. them in the bags, uh-huh. and then you yeah. leave them out, right? And yeah. they're cute for decor. So growing up, like we were kind of like our family's white trash, and also a lot of my friends growing up are white trash, also. And so, um, our, one of our super classy, <laughs> one of our friends growing up. Um, their the kids uh-huh. mom had to work and so their dad was taking them trick-or-treating and yeah i'm sure you already know where this is going yes so their mom was like okay you've got everything you need right like this is going to be fine you're going to take the kids trick-or-treating yep okay and i went out with them that year so it was me and my friend and then my friend's little brother and my friend's dad uh-huh. my friend's little brother was dressed up as a pumpkin and he was one of those plastic pumpkin bags uh-huh. they just like cut leg and arm holes for him uh-huh. and then they t- they like tied it around his neck and so his little <laughs> head was sticking out and his body was this round pumpkin what they stuff arms with? and legs sticking out right yeah and, and and my friend's mom was like just I've collected all of this newspaper. Okay. Just stuff him full of newspapers <laughs> yeah. and then that'll fill out the bag, right? Uh-huh. So my friend's dad did that. But yes. how do newspapers come? Newspapers come Flat and folded. flattened, rolled up, yes. and like rubber banded so that they're in a tube, right? Yeah. He just shoved a ton of tubes <laughs> of newspaper in this kid's outfit and they kept falling out his leg holes as we were walking. So we had to come follow behind him and me and my friend would pick, <laughs> pick up the up. newspapers as they dropped and feed them back in the neck hole and then they come back out the leg hole and we just feed them back in the neck hole because nobody's gonna stop and do it right this is so great. nobody's in charge here uh-huh. <laughs> so i just remember that poor kid like mm-hmm. having a lumpy weird like strange shaped pumpkin costume because his dad couldn't like right think right through I mean, I think me and my friend knew, but we're not the parent, so yeah. What do you do, right? Like, yeah. I think I think my friend may have mentioned to you, like you're supposed to crumple it up and stuff it in there, right? Yes. <laughs> you're doing it wrong, Dad. That is so funny. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. So I mean, even even costumes that are meant not to be hyper realistic and just sort of cute like that can also suffer from engineering failures. Yeah clearly yeah 
Um, this was the same kid yeah. who, when there was an ad on television for like an in the nineteen like late eighties, early nineties, like anti drug campaigns. Yes, and he must have been like four or five years old. We were probably like eight or ten or something like that. Yeah, and it was like this ad for public service announcement and the gist of it at the end is like nobody you know people say i want to be like a doctor or an astronaut when i grow up nobody says i want to be a junkie when i grow up and <laughs> this kid looks at me and my friend he goes i'll be a junkie when i grow up <laughs> like he felt bad about it I'm like this advertising does not work right. there was a failure anti-drug advertising doesn't work all you're doing is instilling sympathy in people uh-huh. for people who use drugs this is not what you want you guys are doing it wrong <laughs> <laughs> colorful tales i i have to say like we, the the drug the anti-drug um advertising of our generation like the one that sticks in my mind is the one where like the kid is like i learned by watching you dad and it's like yeah it's just so funny because it's like that shit sticks in my mind and like after i got older and then actually experienced um drug culture for what it is or at least you know it's different for everybody it means different things to different people yeah um <laughs> in my experience of it it was like wow it is nothing like the advertising right like it is nothing right like that um and also it's just sort of like and yet and yet like well but that's because i didn't grow up with like some of the drugs that are i think a lot of that like is based around like when you're talking about like crystal yeah. meth where it's like fuck that shit like changes people forever um <laughs> I like yeah. it just it's it's sad because it's like you know I mean it's well plenty of people can have encounters know, with it and be fine and move on with their yes. lives and some people don't it's like a lot of people don't know it's like putting a Lamborghini in the hands of a 14 year old who doesn't even have a driver's license yet right and maybe they like, kill a bunch if, of people you, maybe you they sh- kill themselves maybe they just maim a bunch of like it's just you don't yeah. know I mean it's not an it's not an entry level substance. First of all. <laughs> oh no! Um, no. Uh-uh. You need to have some training wheels before you start in on that. Yeah. And then also, it's like it's like it can be very um, psychologically rewarding. And sure. So like people really want to do more of it, like yeah. really, really bad. Well, like, I mean, they'll that's do anything like, to do more of it. <laughs> yeah, like that's this whole thing, right? Is it's just like the shortest right. path from here to there. I mean, I think a lot of people, um, like most drugs, I think a lot of people do them and like get away with it or, or that is to say they can manage the effects of doing that just fine such that it's, it's invisible to people around them. Right. And because it's so stigmatized, people can, who can do drugs and handle it probably aren't going to tell you that if you aren't doing them with them, they're just going to keep it quiet so that they can continue to live their lives right. and manage their their shit. Um, and then the people who just can't manage it are the ones that it really shows. Um, well, and, and like and like most of this, it's like that gray area, right? It's like for any given human individual, everybody is modulating their biochemistry in some way with the resources right. that are around them. And right. the idea that it's like there's these hard lines, it's like a little bit it's like it's it's more blurry than that yeah for one person it's like you know alcohol is just not gonna work and for other people it's like it's actually works pretty well like you know with you know they're able to moderate and manage their life in a way that it's like that continues to be not this like detrimental life-wrecking thing Um, right cigarettes the same kind of thing like i 
I when I quit smoking, I kind of got on a kick where I was like really fucking anti-tobacco. Um, I still, you know, as a policy, I feel like it's not good for our society the way that it's advertised and all of those things. But um, I am more, um, I am more understanding of the fact that like some people they use it so recreationally that it's like, well, you know, you're you're doing your own, you're managing your own biochemistry, and I really need to fucking leave this shit alone. Um, you know, it's like none yeah. of my goddamn business that you have a cigarette every fucking month or once a month or whatever. Like, you know, right. Um, I mean, don't, I don't think it's good for you, but also fine do like, who am I to judge? Um, anyway, right. my point, my point, <laughs> is, that's, uh, my point is that, um, that it's this huge gray area and it's, and it's sad because like, there's not a lot of recognition of the fact that it's like, we're all dealing with our own biologies and right a lot of shit that like ends up not helping is like the the uh, like the assumed sort of prevention of you harming yourself by getting in the way of you having access to things that are going to help you regulate like what's going on um you know or criminalize yeah shit, and i so. think uh, there's there's all sorts of people who are uh who are regulating and modulating their biochemistry with the help of paid professionals as well right. and the dividing line between people who self-administer and people who have like a professional administering their stuff is not as distinct and it's not as um hard and fast as you think it is like it's all just different versions of drug dealers and uh and it's all just different versions of trying to strike a balance between you and the environment and the biofeedback loop that's happening at all times yeah also yeah. when they came into school with the dare program oh, yes. they brought in what reminds me entirely of like a hunter s thompson suitcase full of drugs and yes. those are like these are all the drugs and i'm like now i know what i'm looking for <laughs> yes yes the, the sort of like the the excellent collection um yes this yeah. is like the prime stuff we've found like this is the best example of like extremely nice china white heroin that we've ever found this right. is an extremely high-end version of like uh-huh. um methamphetamine that we have right that somebody cooked in its in its glass not crank and this is like uh whatever like yes oh my gosh just like lovely little specimens all laid out evenly spaced in this like beautiful little display case it's like oh god yeah you made it so easy um so uh i was just thinking about um the little bit of like this i haven't seen it really take off but it seems like there's a bit of media panic around the idea that like now that marijuana is legalized in so many states that trick-or-treating mm-hmm. is like this hazardous thing where people are going to be giving out drugs <laughs> to kids and um okay i was hoping we'd get to this okay yes go ahead do you have because opinions? this the f- the f- yeah the the rainbow fentanyl which is not like this okay first of all it's not all fentanyl it's different pills and they're color-coded so that the people selling them and the people taking them know which is which right the photograph doesn't tell you that, but if you are part of the culture, you will understand this inherently. Right. Nobody, nobody, nobody gives away drugs for free. Right. Nobody gives away drugs for free. Nobody puts them in candy in an unsuspecting place and gives them away to people who don't want them for free. Yeah. Nobody gives away drugs for free. They yeah. are so expensive and so illegal. Yeah. This is not happening. Yeah, I I would argue that um, your risk of finding razor blades and needles in your candy is a little bit higher than your risk of finding drugs that are drugs. questionably harmful to your kids. Like, probably. Yes. I'm not saying that your kid getting stoned on a gummy 
is a good thing by any measure. I, you know, any non-consenting consumption of drugs is a bad thing, full stop. Um, yes. You know, and in the case of children, like they, you know, anyway, we, that's not the point. My point is like probably your risk of getting someone who's like just actually out to harm your children by handing out like poisoned candy is on par with how this is the same level, right? Like, yeah. yes, these things are bad things that might be that that could someone could put in the candy that they're giving to your children in some capacity. The same problem. It doesn't really matter that it's drugs to me. Like the real yeah. problem is like, are there individuals out there who may be willing to or, you know, interested in harming random children off the street by giving them tainted candy? Uh, yes, I guess. Like, I don't, my understanding is this isn't really a high incident. Like, it's not actually as bad as people seem to make it out. But I don't know, like, do your own research. But for sure, there's no raise in risk because now there's more marijuana legally available. Right. Like, that's not, it's just not a thing. Like, that it's, doesn't increase the risk. No. Sorry, it just doesn't. Nobody commingles their regular candy and their weed candy. It's not right. accidentally going to go out the door. Right. Like it It doesn't look anything like regular candy. No, and and it would take a lot of like concerted effort to get to that point, which is my which is goes back to my original point, which is that are there individuals who might decide to do this? I don't fucking know. I can't speak to that. But you might as well also be worried about razor blades and other shit. You should be checking your fucking kids candy if you, you know, live in a neighborhood where that's an issue. Like you know, yeah. you decide the risk of that. But the marijuana is not like suddenly new fucking, you know, oh, now there's a problem that was never there before. Like if right. people were interested in poisoning your kids with drugs, those drugs already existed. The fact that they're like above board now in some states is, I think, irrelevant to the to the problem. Yeah. Plus, like you said, they're expensive. They're fucking expensive. Like, you know, giving away like yeah. a bunch of fucking um you know, gummy bears that are, you know, from Haribo or whatever versus like, you know, giving away like 10 gummy bears that cost $10 each or whatever. The, I don't know what the pricing is these days, but, you know, basically, yeah. you know, $120 worth of marijuana to random kids on the street who probably because of the way the dosing works are going to eat the one and still probably not even notice that it happened because, you know, at that <laughs> level, like... Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like that. Most of these candies aren't dosed at a level where it's like if you eat one, you're gonna get really fucking ripped out of your head and have this terrible fucking right. time, like licking trees and wandering around with your clothes off. Like, you know, um, if your kid's doing that, it Even may not that be the drugs. Doesn't sound that bad. No, I mean, no. It's anyway. It's uh, yeah. Anyway, I always just thought that was kind of a weird, a weird thing. I think it just it speaks to anyone who's concerned about these things completely misunderstands the problem yeah. and, the, and the like the circumstances that would have to contribute to that sort of a thing actually being true. Right. Like, right. It's really dumb. Yeah. No, it's super dumb. It's really dumb. Yeah. Um, what else? Um. Uh, Oh, uh, well, um, so costume. Did you ever? Oh, go ahead. Yes, costume. We were talking about costume engineering and design. Yes. Uh, uh, so I thought it was interesting that uh, this website, Etymonline, so E-T-Y-M-O-N-L-I-N-E.com, so etymology, right? We're talking about etymology. So the word costume, um, 
I believe, according to them, uh, comes from the Italian word costume fashion habit. So it's the same word. Um, and it it has its root in the lat in the Latin word consuetudinem. Consuetudinem. Um, or constituto, uh, which is custom habit usage. And so costume and custom are like very intertwined, oh. um, which I thought yeah. was not something I had considered. I mean, it seems more obvious on the face of it now that we're looking at it. Um, but uh, this idea of costume is very interesting, right? Because there's yes. lots of cultural costume, uh, traditional wear, like, you know, uniforms are kind of costume, um, basically you know, we all kind of have our, co- like, you know, in the tech industry, there's sort of that, like, you know, hoodie and fucking jeans kind of costume of, like, professional dress, right? Like, it's sort of, mm-hmm. it's, it becomes custom. Um, and uh, the, so the Wikipedia article on costume as of October 31st, 2022, uh, talks about costume construction. Um mm. And a costume technician is a term used for a person that constructs and or alters the costumes. Um, the costume technician is responsible for taking the two-dimensional sketch and translating it to create a garment that resembles the designer's rendering. It is important for a technician to keep the ideas of the designer in mind when building the garment. And then it goes on to say there's draping and cutting. Um, so draping is the art of manipulating the fabric using pins and hand stitching to create structure on a body. This is usually done on a dress form to get adequate shape for the performer. Cutting is the mm. act of layering out fabric on a uh, laying out fabric on a flat surface using scissors to cut and follow along a pattern. These pieces are put together to create a final costume. Pros and cons of draping. So it's it it's interesting. Like I'd never really considered that there are these kind of two major techniques to um, producing. Um, you know, producing costume. I imagine most people do a blend of these things, right? Like you start with draping right. to kind of get to a place where it's like, is this the look that I'm looking for? And now I want something a little more permanent and durable. And so then you end up, you know, going to a second stage of like cutting and making sure that the, you know, seaming and creating, you know, creating a final final product. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh Costume, I always favored yeah. the use of cardboard in costume making. Yeah. Because it's like durable, but I mean, it's durable enough. Yeah. But it's really lightweight and it's yep. super ubiquitous. You can get it anywhere. You can get large pieces of it and cut it down to size or yep. roll it or shape it or right. <clears throat> reinforce it and paint it. And I always thought cardboard was like one of the great... Um, I, substrates of Halloween, yeah, <laughs> built on cardboard. I also kind of enjoy the aesthetic of cardboard. Um, where, as I get older, I like when I was younger, it was like, like I wanted pieces to look as real as possible. And even mm-hmm. though I ended up the costumes that I liked the most when I saw them were, I like I remember my neighbor across the street. She was a slot machine one year, and it was just the most oh. genius fucking idea because. Um, she basically was like, you know, two legs sticking out of the bottom of a cardboard box and inside the cardboard box, she could spin the wheel, like the three wheels, you know? Yes. Um, and then there was a place to yes. put the candy at the top and an arm on the side that you could pull. And so it was this great costume because people like kids would come up to her on the street and want to put candy in. 
right? <sighs> and so it was like you were just getting like hit all the time with people wanting to put candy into your your contraption. Um, and this That's was cool. you know a cardboard construction that was just really well well made. Um, but my point was just I think when I was younger. I, like I had, you know, we played Dungeons and Dragons and like most of my costumes were usually like sort of fantasy based. I always wanted to have like a robe and a sword or like armor and, you know, this stuff like in the more real it was like I wanted. And so yeah. I think I ended up shooting myself in the foot a little bit. Whereas if I had been able to just accept that I could make this shit out of cardboard and have the look and that would actually mm -hmm. go a lot longer, you know, go a lot further than like this idea of like, you know spending all this time on like making this amazing sword and then the rest of my costume is just like my street clothes it's like eh, it's not not great you know um right right and so as i get older i start to appreciate the aesthetic of cardboard where there's this sort of um like icon like iconic display like you use i i'm sure there's a term for this where it's like you represent the idea of something in sort of Mm -hmm. just like oh is this character yellow then i cut a yellow square out and wear it around my neck and hang it over my chest and then i you know do this yeah. other thing and now i'm very visually recognizable as this character even though it's not you know you can clearly see there's a human under there right like it's not that's right. not the point like, the <laughs> point is like in many ways that's a whole aesthetic right is to just kind of like give the flavor of the of the thing that you're trying to portray um you know like no one no one do thought you... she was actually a vendor um you know a a fucking what are those things called um slot machine slot machine right exactly sorry you were gonna say do you have a, do you have an opinion about like classics versus novel costumes for example like classics being werewolves vampires mummies etc um or like you know classic halloween monster type stuff or do you do you not have a preference some I, people are purists. Oh, um, no. Uh, I guess I I would I I appreciate the variety, and I think it's really important. And like I think that um, I would be sad if the classics were not the like. I really enjoy the classics. I really enjoy someone who's just like I'm going to be a ghost, and they're literally just a sheet. And yeah, it's great. A sheet with holes in it. Yeah, yeah. A sheet with holes in it. Fantastic. Um, I was at a uh, costume party on Friday. Uh, there was a bat. She, she had kind of a onesie that had yes. wings, and it was great. It was, you know, it was fantastic. Um, I I love the variety. I like when people kind of push to be some, you know, like I said, like the slot machine, not a classic yeah. Halloween costume. Still great. I love oh. I love the art and creativity and that opportunity, like we've talked about earlier, of entering mm -hmm. the liminal space and where it's like, I don't want to bring more rules to the liminal space. Like I want it to be, yeah. you know, available for people to express themselves. And it's a super great time of year for that. Um, I love, uh, I love some of the like gimmicky costumes. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but it's like where it's sort of like you're a pun, like a walking pun. Like you've got like different yeah. kind of aspects and then it's like people figure out what you are and it's like, Oh, you're a, you know, you're an Abraham Lincoln, whatever. I don't know. But um, mm -hmm. I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now, but I do enjoy those um i think those are fun um the the person who was um working and serving at the counter this morning yeah. for breakfast was dressed in a shirt that had numbers on it and she was a person you can count on oh that's awesome right the, yes. there's an abstract one yeah 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 actually uh, now i'm remembering there was somebody at the party and she was a non-essential worker um and she 
had uh which is like you know another term for like work from home and so she had uh like business attire from the waist up and then pajama bottoms and like her like coffee mug and like banana bread or something. I can't remember. There was a couple of like uh, (laughs) accoutrement that kind of tied the whole thing together. And I thought that was pretty, it was pretty cool. So our neighbor, um, our neighbor has a kid who doesn't pronounce my whole name. She just pronounces the egg part of it. So she doesn't (laughs) call me Meg. She calls me egg. That's great. And, this child's older sister mm-hmm. was like, wait a minute, because uh, their mom was like, we're going over to Egg and Damon's house. And, uh-huh. and um, her older daughter was like, wait, what's his name? Damon? And she's like, y- our neighbor's like, yeah, his name is Damon. She's like, wouldn't it be Egg and Danish then? <laughs> so now we were like, maybe we should go as Egg and Danish for That's fantastic. Isn't that cute? Yes. I also want to get one of those super fancy beach cottage signs for the front of my house that says egg and Danish. I love that. Yes. You should have um, uh, I Damon. Damon's been doing a lot of woodwork. That might be just kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe you could do the right? wood part and you could do the painting. Co- collab. I know. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, egg and Danish was our idea for this year. Although we didn't have enough time to pull it off. We just haven't. We've had so many other things going. We didn't have time to like plan and execute involved costumes this year yeah um if i had a good black wig we could totally go as gomez and morticia oh with a little beard trimming on damon's part especially because i have very tall shoes that make me taller than him oh that's i yes of course you do yes i've seen these Mm -hmm. um that is that that would be great i love that (laughs) (laughs) i i've always thought um oh god yeah i I was just gonna say i like i like couples costumes not in so far necessarily as like other them dressing up as other couple couples like Morticia and Gomez yeah. necessarily, but like things that require two like a two part yes like salt and pepper yeah, yeah a two part a two part costume yeah you have yeah. to have both of them for it to make sense yeah yeah I do love that um I like uh the people that I went to the costume party for this year last year they were all character household so it wasn't just two parts it was three parts um. Oh. They were uh, characters from um, what we do in the shadows, and so um, oh. w- one Excellent. of them, one of them did an amazing costume of Nandor because she put a beard on, like she, like, oh. and it was like you know, it was like one of those things where it was like I'm very confused because like you're very feminine looking, but you have this beard, and like yes. I mean, I, you know, it's um, it was really delightful because she, I really love her. She's a really fun person to hang out with, and. Um, and it was just that really like awesome because costume. the beard is so like the like everything it was just so so accurate and so great and um <laughs> and they but they the whole household like uh my friends like the the three of them like just really can go all out in the costume department and so they were all um you know well vamp like like very accurate costume pieces which was pretty fun yes um i i never i usually <laughs> Halloween's hard for me these days because I my planning is not great around that kind of like extra stuff like I'm usually mostly like kind of lost in my own depressed world of like oh my god I've got to get all this shit done with work or whatever and next thing I'm yeah. like fuck Halloween so like this year um, 
I kind of thought the Halloween party was on Saturday, but then because I'm not on Facebook and all the invitations uh-huh. happen on Facebook. And so my friend was like texting right. me. She's like, you're coming to the party, right? I'm like, yeah, when is it? And she's like, you know, it's at 8 p.m. I'm like, yeah, but what day? And and then she's like, tonight. And I was like, fuck. Um, so <laughs> so I, I I showed you the the costume I came up with, which was the I yes, had that. It was great. I had that amazing robe that someone made for me. That's like um, it's it's purple and gold kind of um and it's like a it's like a really fancy like like made from like a really fancy curtain or like a tablecloth or something like very tapestry-esque mm-hmm. kind of pattern um and then it has these like amazing big cuffs and it's lined with um kind of a like satin like material and then like fizzy fizzy frizzy sort of cuff fuzzy cuff liners and anyway it's very it's very fun and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a wizard. That's and so then so great. I was, I thought, oh, I can just make a hat. And so I'd looked up some like patterns to sew for hats. And I was like, oh, this will be good. I can make it out of felt. And the only bummer was when I went to go buy the felt that day, I thought I was going to find felt that would kind of match well with the costume, like a purple yes. or something. It was actually really like there, the selection um, at the two fabric stores I went to had very poor selection in felts. They just had sort of basic mm-hmm. colors of like primaries. Um, so I ended up going with like a sort of charcoal gray, which I thought, well, you know, I'll use it for other stuff. But I did. I was very happy with the hat. The hat came out very well. But it was um, like most things in my life. Like I, I left about an hour and a half to make it, and it took about two and a half hours to make. Um, uh huh. And so I was just kind of like really rushed. Uh, it didn't quite fit right. It does look very good though. The nice thing about a wizard hat is like you kind of want it sort of janky and awkward shaped on the yes. you know and like very sort of haphazard, and it did turn out very well. So, but that's great. Yeah, uh, it did turn out very well, or it didn't. You turn saw out it. Very I th- well. It looked good, right? You saw. I thought it looked good. Yeah, it turned yeah. out really well. It was just it like the like so I skipped some things thinking I was going to save time, knowing that I was like, oh, it's fine. Like it doesn't have to be perfect, and so I skipped yeah. some steps that I probably should have done, which was. Um, when you attach, you basically make two shapes. You make a, a large cone with a hole in it to be the brim, mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. like a low angle cone, and then you, which is basically you cut like a twenty inch circle, and then you cut like a nine inch circle in the center of it, and then you sort of pinch okay. it along one side to bring it together to make it kind of a cone, and then um, ah. <clears throat> so like you cut out like a little like a little piece of that pie, like a slice of the pie, and then you bring yes. the edges together, um, and you seam those, and so. Um, that part I made fine, and then I made the cone, which is like the lo- the long pointy part that goes on the top. Um, yeah. And then when you attach them, you need to um, pin them in place first and make sure it fits well. And I thought, ah, okay. fuck it. Like I I know I'll just sew along this seam, like where I've already got a seam to close the cir- the inner circle. I'm just gonna like attach yeah. it. And the problem was yep. is that. Um, because I didn't pin it and like pay a lot of attention, I ended up having to like rip that seam out and put it back in twice because what happened is I ended up sewing that circle a little too small and so it wouldn't really, it sit on top of my head rather than on my head, like mm-hmm. around my head. <laughs> and so around I had head. to rip it out and put it back in and now it fits, but it's just a little snug. And I'm actually, I think what I would do is like actually rip it out and probably sew it one more time if I were going to, you know, when I'm going to use it again. So, um, yeah, but I also have a really big head, so it fits it, like everyone else. It fits <laughs> really well. Your head is exactly the same size as my head. I should say, yeah, we have very large heads, so um, we have very large heads. Yeah, enormous. It comes of all of our brains. Yes, our giant brains. 
Um, uh, anyway, <clears throat> costume design. So, are you yeah. ha- are you handing out candy? Because you your your living situation is such that you wouldn't necessarily have people I, come to your door. I'm gonna go. <coughs> I'm gonna go to my partner's house and probably hand out candy there because I no one comes to. Um, actually, I'm gonna go to my partner's parents' house probably and hand out candy. Uh, no one comes to my house. Like I've bought candy in past years, and no, just no one comes because I live. I live in a right. granny flat behind a by, behind a front house, and so. No one comes to my door. Um, I'd have to work yeah, they really hard know. to make that happen. Um, I'd probably need You'd to, have put, to like, up, like, put up weird signs and stuff that are like candy this way, and then it'd yeah. be like, "This is really freaky." And yeah, funny. it's just it's not it's not good for handing out ca- candy. Um, it is nice though because it protects <laughs> me from a lot of the like the door to door bullshit that other people get when they live right sure. on the street. But yeah. But I miss out on Halloween in that regard. But I have friends who don't, and so I usually go to their house and hand out candy, and that's just as fun. Yeah, my we're neighborhood. We're gonna sit on our neighbor's front yeah. porch. Oh, nice, perfect. Do it. Yeah, I think I'm gonna put out the two bowls. Like I said, like I think I'm just gonna put out a bowl with like nuts, no nuts. Yeah, and say help yourself, and then for a little while we're just gonna hang out with Conrad on his porch and hand out candy in oh, person. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, down the street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's I the neighborhood I live in does go pretty nuts for Halloween. Like there's a one street over that uh it's pretty great. Like every house on the street. It's it I I Ooh. suspect that it's like a high pressure neighborhood as far as like house ownership goes when it comes to Halloween. Um <laughs> yes. Because there's definitely like almost every house is decorated, you know, like all the way to the gills, right? Like it's just everything yeah. out like there's um there's like an empty lot where people set up like there's a small stage and i can't remember the name of the um the band that plays there but it's uh they have a it's like a pun on um on frank sinatra it's like some kind of like frankie and the bones or something like it's really great like it's very nice. it's really well done um and it's pretty fun i think the kids really enjoy it and it's like yeah it's pretty cool. It's very it's very community oriented, which is really awesome. Like a lot of people come out and like help get things set up and help each other. I think that's one nice thing though, is it's like, you know, the decorations may it, like they may be a little bit pushy about like you're gonna decorate right, but also like people are very willing to help you do that or make sure that, you know, it's not right. like onerous. Um so I'd be like I'm now I'm imagining basically like a neighborhood association of people who are like high pressure yeah. tactics to get everybody to do Halloween. And like anytime somebody new moves in, they just descend upon that. Family, <laughs> like, we, uh, welcome to the neighborhood. There's a few things that you need to understand. <laughs> <Yes>, right. <laughs> we take Halloween very, very seriously. We've been doing it for years and we're not going to let you ruin that. So if mm-hmm. you're not going to decorate your house for Halloween, we're going to decorate it for you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Here's what's expected of you. If you cannot fulfill any of these expectations, we would like to be notified in advance. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can just, I just, I would love these people. I'd be like, I'm on board. Where do I put the guillotine? Right. Right. Where do I put the guillotine? <laughs> so my buddy has this old embalming table. Yes. Complete with like blood stains and body juice. Oh, like real like, blood stains. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It's this old table. And like all old, old, old things, it's kind of tiny, too. And it's like people were smaller. And also that's like a very small table. Yes. And so it's like this wooden contraption that you would put a body on. And then it's got all this like you can you can tilt it and do all these things so that you can drain the fluids off. And it's got like, you know, stains. Yeah. Right, from- right. 
people's stuff. That is amazing. And it's in it's it's in his living room right now. Uh huh. I want it. I want it so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want it so bad. I hope maybe he'll leave it to me in his will. Maybe. I mean, he's definitely going to die before you. So. <laughs> well, yes, because I'm getting the plasma exchange, and I'm going to yes. live forever. Yes, exactly. We're just gonna like live forever and ever. Uh-huh. I speaking of what we do in the shadows, I want to be Peter. Yes, <laughs> thousand years old and yes. not coming to the meeting. I would love to be a vampire for Halloween. I to to revisit the question of like classics versus like <clears throat> super inventive new costumes. I don't have one preference for one over the other, but I have a really soft spot in my heart for like the old classics. Yeah, I've never been a mummy for Halloween, and I've always wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mummies yeah. seem like a good thing. Mummies and and vampires and witches and werewolves and Frankensteins and goblins. I I always have this I like I've always had this like great idea of just being like one of the classics like a skeleton or a zombie or like a, you know, um, you know, vampire or whatever, werewolf and then like constantly like putting your mask up and be like, "Don't worry, it's just me." <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. Like just <laughs> constantly. Yeah. Like constantly this affectation of like, I'm constantly concerned that people are going to like think that my costume's too real. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <clears throat> oh, the other thing that I, I did this year. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to say the other, the other part of my costume was, um, <laughs> As I told you, I had thought about, I had asked my friend if this was like a fully adult party and I was going to maybe bring um, my magic wand. Yes. And um, which uh, for those of you who don't know, um, I believe this is correct. Like the Hitachi magic wand is like a branded vibrator that's been around for like generations, right? It's like the- It's the gold standard. It's the gold standard. Yeah. Um, And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll bring that because that would be kind of a funny sort of play. Um, on you know wizard yes magic considering wand. the the proper name is the magic wand yeah the magic wand um but after some consideration and also realizing that like there were going to be people at the party that i didn't know um i thought i'm not going to bring something quite so intimate that also i don't really want a lot of people touching right like this is you know right. <laughs> use this <laughs> personal product here product or personal device um and, uh <laughs> anyway is this yeah uh so <laughs> what imagine i imagine if it ended up in your hands at a party like wait this this why am i holding yes. this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but what i did think what i ended up doing was i got uh an erlenmeyer flask uh which if you don't know mm. those are the classic sort of chemistry looking flasks that are that are sort of triangular or conical looking um yeah and i got some dry ice and i put um a whole bottle of jaeger in the flask and a couple chunks of dry ice in there and so it was this beautiful you know spewing the like the sort of the smoke right while i was holding yeah. it. and this was my potion of forgetfulness which went over pretty well so that's excellent yeah so i would pour shots for people occasionally and and then i i over uh so i learned this which is that um the dry ice which i knew people who are familiar mm-hmm. with dry ice is very very cold and so it did make for very very cold jägermeister which is a way, is a way that people like to enjoy it um however 
as it gets colder and colder, it produces less smoke, right? Because as it becomes closer to the temperature of the dry ice, the dry ice sublimates less and you get less of that, um, the sort of vapor, right? The CO2 vapor. And sure. so um, because of that, uh, I didn't realize how cold it was getting until it froze and all of the <gasps> Jägermeister became slush because it gets cold enough to actually freeze oh. the alcohol. Um, and so I had this flask of this oh, like slushy. incredibly cold alcohol, um, you know, so cold that it was, yeah, it was like a slushy. And so that was pretty funny. Wow. Um, and so I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> well, I've over, I've over, I've over potioned. Did you have um, to get a pot holder or anything to hold it at well, that point? Well, because the, it because it was cold? in the bottom of the flask, I could hold the top of the flask just fine. Um, and the yeah. bottom of the flask was just like covered in ice on the outside, which looked cool. Um, <laughs> but I could no longer awesome. serve shots of of Jägermeister because it wouldn't pour out of the wouldn't pour out of the flask. So, um, did it separate weird too, or did it stay pretty well mixed as a slush? Um, so it uh, it's it's it kind of separated a little bit at first. Um, and so you could pour off like really concentrated Jägermeister, um, like mm -hmm. almost syrupy like, but then, um, but then it just kind of the whole thing froze and became, became the slush and yeah. And then we would like, we pull it out and let it, let it melt in a little, like we got a long like dessert spoon that we could poke down in there and get a little bit out and, yeah. and try it. And it was just tasted like really <laughs> cold, dangerously cold alcohol. Um, <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, it was very weird, um, but it was fun. I enjoyed that. Uh, I'll definitely do that again, I think, um, and just remember to, in moderation, right? So, like, probably not put the whole <laughs> bottle of Jägermeister in there so that I can continue to, like, add warm Jägermeister to continue the the sort of effect. But The process. Yeah, right. the process, yeah. But it was, it was so fun. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was very what a cool. great idea. Where yeah. did you get the dry ice? Um, so I a couple of years ago, I noticed that there's a Vons in my area that just sells it out of a cooler. They just have some there and you can get it anytime you oh. want. Um, and many places do. Yes. And I think they don't advertise it very well. And I just saw it one time. I was like, oh, fuck, that's amazing. Um, places you can get it for sure is usually like any kind of like industrial gas supply usually has dry ice. Um, it's it is usually like a product that people use and they're like, you know, it's yeah. great for, it's great for lots of things. Like it's great because it's very, very cold, which is helpful um, for certain kinds of storage. Like it definitely, if you're going on like a long road trip, um, you can keep stuff colder in your cooler with a bit of dry ice because it will stay cold for a really yeah. long time. Like it's great for transporting ice cream, things like that. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, yeah. Nice. I'm gonna have to get some dry ice just because. Yeah, I would. I would call around to various grocery stores. Like some of them just carry it. Um, I just think they don't do a very good job of like putting it up front where people know that it's actually available. Um, right. Yeah. So. Hmm. Right on. Yeah. So get some dry ice and hand out some candy. <laughs> right. Dry ice is so fun. It's so fun to just like put in put in a bowl of like punch or something and just see it bubbling over. I know. it looks amazing now i want to yeah. get some too right yeah i mean it is very cold like i you definitely want to bring gloves and make sure you because you're going to end up like giving yourself like surface frostbite real quickly if you touch yeah it. don't do that that's how they freeze off warts at the doctor don't do it to yourself voluntarily yeah. right right yeah where you don't have warts <laughs> yes yeah exactly yep well 
I mean, I think that's it. I got, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's I, it. I have to go to work, unfortunately. You're right. I have to go scour the landscape for candy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And change the laundry. Oh, yes, the laundry. It's not very fun. <laughs> well, I hope everybody has, has, will, by the time they listen to this, will have had a good Halloween um, and are yes. looking forward to their, you know, the next things in their life. And, oh, I was going to say, um, I would encourage people to write in if they have topics they'd like to hear us discuss. Because um, I, uh, we have a lot. Yeah, we can. But I don't think I've ever said that. That it's. I, I think sometimes I hint at it. But if you're, if you want to email uh, Dana D A N A at fcbm.io and just shoot off like some random ideas you have or things that you, you know, or that we've talked about that you'd actually like want to hear us like actually do some real information on as opposed to like in passing. Yeah. Um, I both of us have like fancy degrees that let us do research and shit like that. We just don't usually bother. <laughs> right. Right. Um. I, I've noticed that like one of the one of our most popular episodes actually is liminality. I th- it's not the most popular in terms of clicks, yeah. but it is the most popular in terms of like people who've listened to the whole thing um, mm-hmm. on all of the different platforms that we get metrics from like uh, iTunes and Stitcher and uh, Spotify, I think is the other one and, uh, and Google podcast. Um, that's the, that's pretty much the top one. Like that that's the one that most people have listened to before anything else um vending Mm. machine for some reason is pretty popular but uh i think people listen to liminality the whole way through i think people listen to vending machine up to a point um Uh i mean long enough to like long enough to be like well they definitely were listening and they just at some point like they stopped listening and turned it off but um anyway i just it sticks out to me because it's like (laughs) oh liminality for sure i also like you know no guarantees because we don't get paid for this and we do what we want um right we just have conversations and we record them in case somebody else wants to listen to them yeah but if you do email us we do read your emails and that that's something i just kind of want to point out like we have we have the kind of listener base where if you want to get engaged with this podcast like it's fucking open door like just knock knock Mm -hmm. and we'll let you in and you can say your piece and we'll uh we'd be love to we'd love to hear from you so anyway um i think that's all i got uh things in the future i don't think there's anything like very exciting happening with the podcast we'll just keep trying to get episodes published and get our we're coming we're approaching 200 we are approaching 200 i think i think we're like we're way closer to 200 than we are to 100 Oh yeah, like I think we're at one seventy one, one seventy two. Um, we've probably got a few more in the back catalog that haven't been published. So I don't know that this episode will be one seventy two, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Woo! Well, that's all I got. If we want to um, call it here, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening on Halloween. <laughs>